0: Hey, this is Dylan Short, host of Locked On Braves, and you're listening to Locked On Yankees. Welcome to the Locked On Yankees Podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Stacey Gotzulius, and I'm the host of Locked On Yankees. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gots, And you can find us on Instagram at Locked On Yankees, all one word. Please feel free to tweet questions or comments to either Twitter account, and please feel free to leave comments on our Instagram account. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode, which is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. We're continuing our look back at the franchise's best moments, and today we're going back to July 18th, 1999. That's right, we're looking back at David Cohn's perfect game. I posted a poll on Twitter yesterday asking you which game I should discuss, and out of Gooden and Rigetti's no-hitters and Cones and Wells's perfectos, Cones perfecto won with 28% of the vote. Now, it was close. Rigetti was second with 27%, Gooden was third with 26%, and Wells brought up the rear with 20%. So before we get into it, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked on Yankees. I famously missed David Cohn's Perfect Game. That's right. I was supposed to be there. There's a story involved. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, or if you've been following me on Twitter or reading my work, you know the story. But if you're new sit back, relax, get a drink, because I'm gonna get into it. I had Sunday plan tickets for Yankee Stadium, and 1999 was my first season. We had four seats in the fifth row of the upper deck, above first base, box 623, row C, seats five through eight. I loved those seats. They were fantastic. The only part of the stadium that you, or the field that you couldn't really see was the right field corner, but you could tell by the crowd reaction what was happening down there. Early morning on July 18th, I woke up to a charley horse in my left calf. I take after my dad and I have his legs and we have large calves. Well, he had, but I have large calves in relation to my ankles, which were skinny So when this Charlie horse happened, my gigantic calf muscle basically shrunk and felt like it was the size of maybe a walnut. It was the worst pain I felt in my life up to that point. (laughs) I broke my ankle four years before that, and this pain was worse. I couldn't walk on my leg, and there was no way I was going to be able to go to the stadium because even if... No, there was no way I could go to the stadium. Because even if I took the escalators up, I would still have to walk down to my seats, which would be a major pain in the butt. So I decided, okay, I can't go. So I told my brother to tell two of his friends that they could go, or one of his friends to go, instead of me. We had four seats. So whatever, it's, I'm just missing a baseball game. It's not a big deal, but I'm in agony. And then, of course, history happens. (laughs) And David Cohn pitches a perfect game. And I'm watching the game on TV with my dad. I'm lying on the couch in the den with my leg up on a pillow. I'm icing it and then taking the ice off and icing it again. And it just didn't feel great. And as I'm watching the game and as things are going on, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, he's pitching a perfect game. And when the rain delay happened, it was like, Hmm, I wonder if they're going to bring him back out. Because it was a really gross day that day. My brother told me he had swamp ass sitting in the seats. Because when you were up in the upper deck in that spot, you rarely had shade. It was brutal in those seats some days. And it was brutal on that day. Even after the rain delay, it was still, you know, sometimes when it rains... It feels better after it rains. No, it was one of those summer rainstorms that comes and actually makes it feel worse. So it was just a not so pleasant day. So combining that with my hurt leg, I probably would have been miserable, even though I was witnessing history, but I didn't. And when that ball popped up and Cone fell to his knees, I started crying for two reasons. One, I was happy for David Cone because I love David Cone. Who didn't love David Cone? And I was happy he made history. And then I was also crying for myself because I missed a perfect game. And my dad, who was sitting with me, said, well, hey, at least you were Doc Gooden's no-hitter. And I thought to myself, yeah. I said, but my brother has now been to game six of the World Series against Atlanta, Doc Gooden's no-hitter, and David Cohn's perfect game. So he was winning. <laughs> At this point in 1999, I hadn't even attended a World Series game. And you know how things can get competitive with your siblings. I have written about this also, but my brother went to a Yankee game before I did, which at the time really annoyed me. And I let my dad know that it annoyed me. And then my dad took me to a game about three weeks before my ninth birthday. Oh, and did I mention that my brother's nearly four years younger than me? So it wasn't an age thing for me. I felt like it was the boy-girl thing. And that's what bothered me, even at that young age. So I may not have seen Cone's Perfecto, but I was at Yankee Stadium during the Mr. November game. I was at that crazy game in 2006 when the Yankees were down 9 to nothing, and then they came back and beat the Rangers on a walk-off home run. On a random Tuesday night in 06. I was there for two of the walk-offs in 2009 during the regular season. I saw them walk off against the Angels in game two of the ALCS that year, so I shouldn't complain. I've been to a lot of great games, but missing David Cohn's perfect game really stings. It's nearly 21 years later and it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And speaking of tastes in your mouth, Before I started recording this episode, I ate a coconut almond Bilt Bar. Now, I'm going to admit right off the bat, ha ha, nice pun because I'm a baseball podcaster, I am not a protein bar person. I don't work out regularly, although I'm planning on changing that. And most protein bars I've had have been chalky and not pleasant to eat. But Bilt Bar has changed the protein bar game for me. They're chewy. They're covered in dark chocolate. I love dark chocolate. And it feels like you're eating something really bad for you and really decadent, but it's not bad for you. That's the beauty of Bilt Bar. You're eating something that's good for you, but it also tastes like it's something bad for you. They have 16 flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, 8 chocolate nut-free flavors and as i said they're covered in 100 percent chocolate and they're soft and they're easy to chew and they don't leave a powdery aftertaste in your mouth like other protein bars these are the protein bars that you'll want to eat over and over again and luckily for you we have a promo code if you go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order and what's great about builtbar.com Is you can create your own box. You can choose the flavors that you want and put them into an 18 bar mixed box. I haven't tried every flavor yet, but the one I had earlier, the coconut almond, tasted like Almond Joy and Mounds mixed together. So when I go to buildbar.com and build my own box, I'm definitely including coconut almond. Maybe even two or three of them. Again, Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order on BuiltBar.com. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi, they actually make my life easier with grocery delivery, and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs, I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code On. That's code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. So now that I've told the story of missing David Cohn's perfect game... Let's go through the play-by-play, because he pitched, it wasn't even just that he pitched a perfect game. It's the fact that he did it so efficiently. He threw 88 pitches, struck out 10, and obviously didn't give up a hit, or a run, or a walk. His game score was 97. Now the game score was developed by Bill James, and this is how you calculate it. You start with 50 points, you add one point for each out-recorded, so three points for every complete inning pitched, add two points for each inning completed after the fourth, one point for each strikeout. You subtract two points for each hit allowed, four points for each earned run allowed, two points for each unearned run allowed, and one point for each walk. So yeah, <laughs> nothing was subtracted for David Cohn that day. So it was a 135 start because that's how it used to be back in the day. Your starters were David Cohn, Obviously, and Javier Vasquez. I know, you all just cringed because I said Javier Vasquez's name. I apologize. Here is the lineup for Montreal Wilton Guerrero, Terry Jones, Rondell White, Vladimir Guerrero, Jose Vidro, Brad Fulmer, Chris Widger, Shane Andrews, Orlando Cabrera. There are a few names in that lineup that you recognize. For the Yankees, Chuck Knobloch, Derek Jeter, Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams, Tino Martinez, Chili Davis, Ricky Lede, Scott Brocious, Joe Girardi. So the Yankees scored five runs in the bottom of the second inning. This is how they did it. Tino Martinez started things off with a ground out to Vasquez. Chili Davis walked. Ricky Lede hit a home run. Then Scott Brocious was hit by a pitch. Joe Girardi hit a double that scored Brocious. Chuck Knobloch walked, and Derek Jeter hit a home run. So Javi Vasquez had a pretty bad inning. Five runs, three hits, no one left on base. Uh, Paul O'Neill made the last out by grounding out to Vasquez. That's kind of funny. Okay. And the Yankees scored their sixth run in the eighth. Paul O'Neill hit a double to start things off against Javi Vasquez. They kept him in the game. I mean, why not at that point? Then Bernie Williams hit a single that scored O'Neal, and then Bobby Ayala came in to replace Javi Vasquez. Tino Martinez hit a single. Chili Davis hit a ground ball double play that got Martinez at second, but Bernie Williams made it to third, and then Ricky Leday grounded out to the pitcher. Why did that happen so much? <laughs> so we're quickly going to go through how David Cohn's nine innings went. In the first inning, Wilton Guerrero struck out looking. Terry Jones hit a fly ball to right field. Rondell White hit a fly ball to deep left center. In the top of the second, Vladimir Guerrero struck out swinging. Shocking. Just kidding. He's awesome, but he swung at everything. And he struck out on three pitches, by the way. Jose Vidro grounded out. Brad Fulmer grounded out. Top of the third, Chris Widger struck out looking. Shane Andrews struck out looking. Orlando Cabrera struck out swinging. All three of those strikeouts were on four pitches. In the top of the fourth, Wilton Guerrero hit a fly ball to deep right field. Terry Jones struck out swinging, again on four pitches. And Rondell White hit a first pitch fly ball out. In the top of the fifth, Vladimir Guerrero hit a first pitch fly ball out. Again, not shocking because he was a free swinger. Jose Vidro hit a fly ball to center field on the fifth pitch. Brad Fulmer hit a fly ball to center field on the fifth pitch for the third out. In the top of the sixth, Widger hit a pop fly to short right field that was caught by the second baseman, otherwise known as Chuck Knobloch. (laughs) Shane Andrews hit a fly ball to right field. And Orlando Cabrera hit a pop fly to the catcher. And Cohn only threw five pitches that inning. In the top of the seventh, Wilton Guerrero grounded out. Now, that was a sixth pitch at bat. That was one of Cone's longest at bats during this game. James Moulton struck out swinging. That was five pitches. Rondell White struck out swinging on four pitches. In the top of the eighth, Vladimir Guerrero hit a pop fly on the first pitch to catch her. <laughs> he was amazing. Do you remember when he swung at a ball that bounced? <laughs> just wow. Jose Vidro grounded out. And Brad Fulmer struck out looking. And Vidro and Fulmer saw three pitches apiece. In the top of the ninth, Chris Widger struck out swinging on three pitches. Ryan McGuire hit the fly ball to left field. Now, was that the one that Ricky De- Ricky Leday obviously didn't see? It? it just miraculously went into his glove. I think that may have been it. That was a five-pitch at bat. And then Orlando Cabrera on the third pitch of his at bat. Hit that infamous pop fly that landed in Brocious's glove. Cone fell to his knees. Everyone piled on top of him and he got his perfecto. And I cried. Again, like I said earlier in the podcast, I've been lucky enough to witness a lot of cool moments in Yankee history. I think it's the fact that I had tickets for this one and couldn't go. That's why it's like a stab. (laughs) Right into my gut. So I hope you had as much fun as I did looking back at this game. And I think tomorrow I'm going to talk about Raghetti's no-hitter. Why not? You guys voted it in second place, so that's what I'm going to do. I did not attend that game. I didn't watch the whole game. I watched the ninth inning because it was 4th of July. We were swimming in our pool. We were having people over, our neighbors were having people over. And I watched the top of the ninth inning standing outside my neighbor's house, but their screen door sliding screen door was open because I was dripping from the pool because they yelled out, Dave Righetti is pitching a no hitter. So everyone ran over to their house and that's how I watched it. Maybe I should have saved that story for tomorrow. Eh, I'll just tell it again. And that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Don't forget to download the Postmates app and use the code LOCKEDON. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. And don't forget about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. As always, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Wednesday and I will talk to you all tomorrow.